This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, Paul Wheelock here and welcome to the preview podcast to look ahead to Liverpool's Champions League last 16 first leg tie against Bayern Munich at Anfield on Tuesday evening. Now, there's been a lot of talk about how this Bayern team is one on the wane, but one look at their form since the turn of November suggests otherwise. Munich have won 11 of their last 13 games in all competitions to keep their fight for glory alive on three fronts. But as the main guest of this podcast will explain, they are certainly not without their frailties. Steve Dawson is a Liverpool fan based in Singapore, where but he works as a presenter for Fox Sports Asia. One of his main roles is anchoring the station's coverage of the Bundesliga. So we caught up with him last month for a podcast to talk Naby Keita's form, Jurgen Klopp's evolution and Timo Werner's chances of arriving at Anfield in the summer. I hope you enjoyed that. But this podcast with Steve is all about buying. The strengths, their weaknesses, their injury problems and their under pressure new manager. You'll then hear from Bayern's midfielder Thiago Alcantara, who was speaking at last night's press conference to get the thoughts from the Munich camp before what is truly a meeting of two European heavyweights. Thanks for joining me, and we'll be back after the match with the post-game podcast. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Well, hi Steve, a very warm welcome back to the Blood Red Podcast to talk Liverpool versus Bayern Munich and Anfield on Tuesday night. Are you, are you doing okay, mate? It's good to hear from you, Paul. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Yes, I'm fine, thank you. Um, the, the game will be at four o'clock in the morning here in Singapore, but you can bet there'll be plenty of uh, Liverpool fans that will set their alarm clock uh, and get up and uh, probably not be able to get back to sleep afterwards as well. So, yeah, we're all looking forward to it over here. Good stuff. We've got you on to talk a little bit about Liverpool because you are a Liverpool supporter, but really to, to talk about Bayern Munich and your, your knowledge of the Bundesliga champions. How are they shaping up coming into this first leg on Tuesday night? It's been a, it's been a, a difficult season for them. Um, they've changed manager a, a number of times, as I'm sure your listeners know. That Niko Kovac is a, is a relatively young man and there were always concerns that he might not be able to control the dressing rooms. A lot of senior players there at, at Bayern Munich have been there for a while and um, there may be a bit of a conflict between the two. I mean, they've won the league for the last six seasons. Um, so, ostensibly, there's not much pressure on the club. But for a young manager coming in, it's always going to be a bit tricky. And they had a they had a rough old time of it late October through November, early December. And there were days where we thought that he wouldn't last more than a week. Um, Uli Hoeneß and Karl-Heinz Rummenigge gave him the dreaded sort of seal of approval at one stage. And we all thought it was only a matter of days before he'd, he'd lose his position. But just before the winter break, they, they ran into a little bit of form and that, and that continued beyond uh, the Christmas period. They, they, they got back into uh, action in Germany on the 19th of January um, and had a very good, actually, away win at, at Hoffenheim. They won 3-1 there. Um, but then it's, they, they've, won, they've lost the game to uh, Bayer Leverkusen, who, who've struggled a little bit this season. They lost that quite handily as well, 3-1. So that wasn't a big confidence booster. And since then, they've struggled a bit. They've, they, they beat Hertha Berlin in the Cup only narrowly by three goals to two. Um, they beat Schalke at home. But Schalke, despite being runners up last season, are 14th in the table and they've had a poor season. So, you know, they didn't uh, cover themselves in glory there by conceding at home. They, they had a game on Friday against Augsburg. I know, I know you're a reporter. Uh, Mr. Pierce went over yes, there to watch did. that he one did. And, they, and they struggled. <laughs> I mean, they held on uh, and won by three goals to two, but that's not the kind of result that you're looking for from a 
from a team that's won the league for the last six years. Um, they're not they're not loaded up with confidence, and I'm sure we'll get to it. But they've got they've got injury problems that uh, that I would say equal Liverpool's. Um, yeah, they're not they're not riding high on the crest of a wave. Let's put it that way. It's interesting you say that because to say uh, to the outside observer who's not followed Bayern's fortunes, you still look at the table and I know at the time of recording this podcast they're only two points off Dortmund at the top but yeah, Friday night against Augsburg it, it, it seems to be that wasn't just a one-off they seem to concede goals fairly regularly it's, clean sheets seem to be uh, rare to come by at the moment for Bayern Yeah, you're right I mean, you mentioned the two-point gap Dortmund play on Monday night Yeah, um, the, the night we're speaking isn't it? That's, the play, that's yeah. a game in yeah, that's right. So late, later on tonight uh, that we're recording this and, and they're expected to win. So that gap should be restored to five. Um, and it's not an unassailable lead. There's, there's really no form to speak of in the Bundesliga. Anything can happen uh, at any time. But, you know, five points at this stage of the season is a handy advantage um, for Dortmund to have. Um, they, they do concede goals. You're right. They're, I think their weakness is defensively... If you, if you look across their, their back four, Joshua Kimmich on the right, David Alaba on the left, they got Mats Hummels and, generally speaking, uh, Nicolas Sule in the middle. Kimmich and Alaba are very strong going forward. Uh, defensively, they can be they can be absent sometimes because they're so far up the field, particularly Kimmich, who's a, who's a very good player going forward. Sule and Hummels, um, Sule's a, a young fella, 23 years old, still got a lot of experience to gain. Matt Hummels is 30, and a couple of years ago, you would have said he was comfortably the best centre-back in the Bundesliga and one of the best in Europe. Um, he's fallen away in the last in the last two years or so. Um, players with pace um, can make him look a bit silly at times, and I'm, I'm thinking Salah, Mane, Firmino could, could have a bit of a field day uh, against these two if they're, if they're really on their game. There's, there's one thing they do that that I think would that they may try to they may try to correct. But in the Bundesliga, when they have the ball and they come out uh, with the ball in defence, Joshua Kimmich goes storming up the right flank mm-hmm. beyond right field into a sort of uh, right wing position, which means that Sula goes across to the right, Hummels is on his own in the middle, and Alaba's on the left. So they knock the ball about the three of them. And with our three up front, if they press and, and hassle them, you know, there's there's every chance that they could dispossess them. And, it, and it's three against three. I mean, that's that's one thing I'll be looking at. Kimmich is a danger in those advanced positions, but he's very very keen to to get up there in that uh, in that sort of right wing position. And he leaves the other three a little bit exposed if the team they're playing against um, press with a lot of energy. And we we all know that Liverpool can do that. Most definitely. You talk about Kimmich and Alaba there. They usually play two wings ahead of them, one of whom is uh, Kingsley Coleman, who, who scored two goals on Friday night against Augsburg before coming off injured. It, the reports this morning suggest that he, he should be OK to play. How important for Bayern is it that he's fit? Yeah, that, that is important. It gives them an option. Um, he, scored, he scored a couple. He got an assist as well on Friday, so he was very, very involved in that win. Um, Frank Ribéry is fit. There's, there have been stories that might be a bit confusing that he didn't travel with the squad, but my understanding is that's because uh, his his child was being born, so he delayed his, his travel plans, but he will be joining the squad uh, just slightly later on. He is available. Um, Ribéry is, at Bundesliga level at least, still very, very 
impressive. His yeah. trickery and his ability to score goals. I mean, it's it's there week in, week out. Whether he can last um, a full game, because he's coming back from a, a period of absence as well, is a doubt. So Coman and Ribéry as a combination, one starting, the other one probably coming on later on, is, is likely to be their option. But it does... It does give them, um, uh, yeah, good options on the left there. Bayern's strength, really, over the last few years has been that they've had a good number of good players in wide positions. Um, Serge Gnabry on the on the right hand side causes trouble. Thomas Muller's not available. We know that he's suspended. Yeah. Uh, Gnabry on the right is, has got pace. Um, Arian Robin is not available, so I, I think it will be Gnabry who starts on the right there. Again, at Bundesliga level, Arian Robin is, is, has been in fine form last couple of years. You know, he never seems to, to get old or lose any base. That <laughs> trick he does, um, cutting in from the right and then shooting with his left foot. Everyone knows he's coming. No one seems to be able to stop it. But that's not something that's going to bother Liverpool in the first leg, at least, because he's not been declared fit. So uh, at, least we, at least we won't be seeing that little trick. You mentioned Muller, Robin there, I think Jerome Boateng's out as well. There's, they're all decorated, highly experienced players, but you mentioned people like Coleman there and Nabry. Is, is there a changing of the guard at Bayern, or is it a, a kind of process where maybe some of the older players are, being, are going to be moved on and then younger players coming through? Yeah, no, you're right. They, they do have a sort of um, an ageing squad, there's no question. Um, Robin has said this is his last year at Bayern. There's lots of speculation that uh, it will be Ribéry's last year as well, although there have been some positive noises that there'd be uh, another contract for him. Boateng, Boateng certainly lost some pace. Thomas Muller's effectiveness has, has certainly been on the wane. He's, he's not an obvious starter uh, week in, week out. He does tend to make regular appearances, but some are starting, some are from the bench. Harvey Martinez is 30 years old. Hummels, as I say, is 30 and um, not the player he was a couple of years ago. There's, there's players coming through, no question about it. They've got they've got these uh, young lads um, in the shape of Gnabry, as I mentioned. Joshua Kimmich is a, is a superstar. I mean, I think any team in Europe would very, very happily have him in their starting lineup. He is, he is rather special. Leon Goretzka um, has come in and, and made an impact. He plays just behind Lewandowski, usually in a, a 4-2-3-1, although that might be a uh, slightly defensive lineup at, at Anfield, but Goreska ghosts in and, and has got some key goals for them in the last few weeks. Playing behind Lewandowski, and Lewandowski, of course, is a is a huge threat, isn't he? We all we all know about him. Um, single-minded, very focused on getting the Golden Boot every year domestically, and uh, if his players don't put the ball. On a golden platter for him, he gets a bit uh, shitty about it all. <laughs> I, I suppose. I mean, we we hear we hear fans say, you know, we like our centre forwards to be uh, to to have that kind of mindset. Um, but he, he is quite individualistic in that sense. There's no question about it. They, they call him the body in Poland. He's got great athleticism, um, a tremendous finisher, strong on the ball, um, takes penalties, wants to run everything, and they're set up. You know, with with good players in wide positions, is um, is designed to give Lewandowski as many opportunities as possible, and and Leon Goretzka playing just behind him has has really slotted into that role, um, distracting defenders and feeding the ball through to him um, pretty well. Going forward, Bayern 
are strong, but you know we've got we've got a very handy defence, and uh, I like to think even at Anfield with Virgil Van Dijk not around, um, we, we'll be a, a good match for them. Yeah, just, it's, I know you say that it should be a good match, and Matip is an experienced centre back. Fabinho's proven this season that he can certainly do a job when standing in there. But it's a blow, isn't it? Van Dijk missing him for for one game. But do you think it's better that he misses the first leg rather than the second leg? I think that's the key to it, Paul. Really, if if it was if Van Dijk was not available at the Allianz Arena, then there would be some worries. But you'd hope that Liverpool would have uh, in, enough of the ball. Um, and uh, and putting pressure on what is certainly a weak central defence for Bayern Munich for the likes of Matip and uh, Fabinho to not be too troubled on a consistent basis by what Bayern can produce. And I also think that Nico Kovac, if he's sensible, is going to is going to play as much of a containing game as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope to get away with a a, a draw or a clean sheet and, and not be too fussed about about scoring Lewandowski and Gnabry in particular and Coleman as well let's face it they've got pace up front so they, they could do damage on the break but um, yeah I think the fact that Van Dijk is available in Germany is, is the key issue and it would be a bit of a worry perhaps if he wasn't uh, with Fabinho most certainly we imagine playing uh, centre defence on Tuesday night it, it opens up a spot in midfield and Naby Keita uh, is probably one of the Names most supporters would like to see play alongside a Henderson or Wijnaldum. Uh, this time last month, we were we were speaking about Naby, and you were saying he will come good. You were confident he would come good after a, a pretty rocky start to his Liverpool career, and he is doing that, isn't he? He's coming out of his shell a bit, and we're we're beginning to see the player that every Liverpool fans was hoping we were getting. Yeah, it's it's really very nice to see. As you say, I'm a, I'm a big fan, and I I was I was very keen to see him selected, even when his form wasn't wasn't the best just so that he he has a little run can gain a little bit of confidence um, and can persuade the fans that he's that he's up to it you know only if he plays could he do that and 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 I think Jurgen Klopp persisted with him just enough and in the last couple of games the last game in particular I think he's he's shown um, much more like what he can what he can achieve and against Bayern you know it, this this will be anything but an unknown quantity for him he played he played for RB Leipzig in their first campaign in the Bundesliga after promotion in a year where they were runners up and they were and they had every confidence that they could match Bayern um, player for player and match for match in the end they, they fell short but that would have been um, that would have been a big confidence booster for, for Naby Keita and I think he'll he'll feel great comfort playing against players that he's familiar with a system that he's familiar with and in front of now an Anfield crowd that must be right behind him after that after that last performance he put in very very pleasing to see and I think this is just another stage where he can um, put himself front row centre and, uh, and impress everybody most definitely one of a number of subplots isn't he you know you've got Shakiri playing against his former club as well but I suppose the biggest is, is Jurgen Klopp you know he's given his previous battles with Munich some which he won some which he lost it's just it adds a bit of spice to the mix doesn't it and I know you can see over in Germany the interest in this game the interest in Klopp it's uh, just all all adds all it adds up doesn't it yeah it's, it's a huge game in Germany it's a huge game in England I mean we can take great satisfaction as Liverpool fans that, that Jurgen Klopp knows everything there is to know about Bayern Munich. There's no unknown quantities for him there. He knows how they how they set themselves out. He knows about 
the individual players. I suppose the only the only real concern would be that he that he that he pays too much attention to it all. You know, you'd perhaps that he he's had such a successful season marshalling this Liverpool side through the campaign that you hope he he takes this as um you know as as just another stride forward and doesn't get doesn't get too um, concerned about. Uh, any personal rivalries or, or any history that he that he's got with Bayern Munich? Um, I think there was a story recently. I think Uli Hoeneß or Karl Heinz Rummenigge said that at one stage they they almost hired him hmm. uh, as a manager back in back in recent history. So I don't I don't think there's any aggravation between Klopp and Bayern Munich, but clearly uh, there's a rivalry, and and you hope that he keeps his feet on the ground and uh, just focuses on it in in any you know the same way you take on any other. Um, Big European club. I know my colleagues here on, on our other podcast that we do have, have talked about this still most being a, a pressure-free game for Liverpool away from the, the man's of trying to win that first Premier League title since 1990. Is that the same for, for Bayern? Because obviously they're in a title race themselves or is this a really important uh, match for Kovac? You know, if he was to lose here to go out of the last 16, would it that pressure that we were talking about earlier come back on him? I think there's more pressure on Kovac than there is on on uh, Jurgen Klopp and um, I mean Champions League victory is uh, you know a wonderful thing for Liverpool fans but I think the majority of Liverpool fans would 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 rather if we could have one then it would be the Premier League so um, in some ways it's a little bit of a, a holiday <laughs> for, for Liverpool for, for, for Bayern it's a different story altogether they've won the last six Bundesliga titles and it's expected that they will do the same again they're under the cosh they are potentially, if Dortmund win tonight, five points behind the league leaders. Um, and, I mean, it's just a given. Bayern Munich are expected to win the Bundesliga by their fans and by the media. What they haven't managed to do often enough is succeed in the Champions League. And that is really what Bayern Munich manages these days. That's the yardstick by which they're measured. Um, and if Bayern Munich were to go out of this tournament, it would be it would be worse news Niko Kovac than it would be for Jurgen Klopp. To go out at this stage of the tournament is certainly subpar for the German champions and it would be just another reason for Kovac to be looking over his shoulder uh, and worry that he's not going to be in the hot seat come the first day of the next season. It's hard to look ahead to that second leg next month at the Allianz Arena without knowing what's going to happen at Anfield on Tuesday night. So let's concentrate on that first leg before I let you go, mate. How do you see it going on Tuesday night? I really think that um, our front three will will find this perhaps uh, a, a little bit uh, easier than, than many of the league games they have. Um, I, I think Yusuf Kimmich is a difficult man to restrain. He, he's a, he's a, he's an athletic young man. He's he's very keen to get forward and do special things. Things that um, you know I, I don't think he's so excited about defensive responsibilities, <laughs> which means that. Which means that Sula and, and Hummels in particular will be exposed. And the one thing we do have, and let's face it, we've got quite a lot of things going forward. The one thing we do have in absolute spades is pace. Uh, and Sula and Hummels don't really have that these days. Hummels is a, a handy a handy defender with the ball at his feet. But when Liverpool are coming at them, I think um, I think the likes of Mo Salah uh, and I think I think Sane. Uh, Sadio Mane will have uh, find himself with a lot of space on the left and Andy Robbo can take advantage of that as well I think there's the chance that Liverpool will overwhelm them and if we can get a quick goal it could be that uh, we'll get
mean that any concerns we have about uh, going to the Allianz Arena, uh, which is a wonderful venue, and um, I'm not saying they can generate an field night, but it can certainly they can certainly make things difficult for opponents. If we can go there with a, the cushion, a few goals, it'll make things an awful lot easier. I would say Liverpool could could win this one, perhaps by three goals to nil. Wow, I'm sure every Liverpool fan listening to this will uh, hope will hope that's the case. Steve, thanks again for your insight on Bayern and Bundesliga. And as I said to you before we started press recording, hoping to get you over to on the Blood Red podcast when you're back in Liverpool, uh, city you used to live next month, hopefully. That'll be super, Paul. It's good to speak to you. All the very best. The Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Well, first of all, about the the question, what we what we wait for, I think we know perfectly the same uh, uh, what they are, what they have. They play in also football the last the last years, and they increase every year. Uh, they have they are fighting in the in the Premier League now, the same points as City in the Champions League. They they do it uh, not so great as their their performance, but but they are they are great. And yeah, we're looking forward because we expect a, a great match, not just against a, a great team, but also against a great crowd. And about the second, if I tell you what, I, what we have to do, we don't have plan tomorrow, so <laughs> better not. I love this kind of stats, and uh, I think it's uh, yeah, it's a strange uh, question that we didn't play that uh, that often. So, but nevertheless, I think uh, all the time that we play. In uh, in the best 16 or quarterfinals and finals is the same. It's against great teams when we are there. So we expect tomorrow a great game against uh, Liverpool. No, I don't have uh, any contact with them. I I met them just on the on the football plays on the pitch, and just have a, a great relationship with Alberto Moreno that I played in the in the youth teams of the national team. But uh, I think uh, when you are Near the, the kind of games, you know, you don't have to make like jokes. You just uh, focus on on your team and your side, and then to look after what they will do, like the days before with the with the games that they did. That's all. We uh, we used to play that kind of uh, games when we have three games before another one, and in uh, and Saturday we go against uh, Berlin. So we used to have these games Liverpool as well. So we are not. Uh, like uh, worry about if they have more free days. It's better for them, for sure. Better for them, but for us it's the same. We will be, I think, all of us 100% for tomorrow. Yeah, we we won the last three games in uh, in our country, and we are just hoping that this game uh, arrived for a long time. When we draw came, so we are just uh, like not just 100% uh, like this will that we have. I think we are. We are. I don't know. Dreaming with a game because it's a it's a great one. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.